Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone, and welcome to what I am certain is the 42nd edition of the Rider Rumblings video podcast. I remember this now because I'm using Rider uniform numbers to uh, count. So, last week was Tyron Brackenridge, this week is Eddie Lowe. Good one. Next week is Ted Ernest, so the week you, after is Roger Aldag. We'll give you when the lowdown and all that's happened in Rider since I've been on my vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your vacation. Um, our special guest today <laughs> is, yeah. is Murray McCormick. <laughs> well, can be, I, I like to take, I'm del- it's seat's still warm from Trent's butt keeping it hot. And so Trent, Trent will be back the next, uh, I noticed he's got a little, the next couple of weeks. He's kind of put some odd feeling to this seat. Maybe I should try to find out what he's doing. But Trent's it. been exceptional. We're going to, the next couple of weeks, we're going to uh, be a little more thematic, barring any unanticipated big news emanating from Ryderville. Uh, next week, we're going to discuss favorite rider memories trent and i both grew up watching this team and between us we've got more than 100 years experience uh, of uh, watching the saskatchewan rough riders so we're going to throw that around we invite uh viewers readers listeners the audience to uh submit any suggestions or or recollections that you'd like us to incorporate into the show those those can be emailed to me at rvanstone at postmedia.com so that's going to be next week. And then the week after, we're going to talk about favorite rider players over the years and notable rider players and quirky rider players. Just focus on the player angle. So again, if you have any rider players you'd like to uh, demonstrate uh, uh, your affection for, uh, rvanstone at postmedia.com. Um, and I'll we be, do... I'll be absent. Aren't you not going to send in any questions? No. I'll be recovering and enjoying my brand new hip. Yes, Murray's having hip replacement surgery. Now, Murray is a marvel. Murray's, Murray's going for his third hip replacement yeah, surgery. He's the only person I know with three hips. I know. They're supposed to be even numbers. <laughs> How do you get three hips? Well, three surgeries. Yeah. I know, yeah. I'm going to so, be hip to the cause, but so, uh, I'll be back fresh and sound end of April, hopefully. Yeah, we're not sure which year, but he'll be back at the yeah. end of April. Um, we, got, we, we always solicit uh, questions from the audience. We have a couple this week. They're quite similar. Um, one is from Dave McLean. Notice the information transmitted is intended only for the person. Oh, sorry. Oh, that was uh, hi, yeah. I get um, those ones too. Hi, Rob. Hi, Dave. Um, do you think Weston Dressler is somebody that Rough Riders would be interested in bringing back given his free agency status? The guy is dependable in so many ways, which, uh, echoes the sentiments of one Kevin Ellis. Hi, Kevin. Uh, who is wondering about, uh, Weston Dressler and, and the thoughts on him possibly returning to the Rough Riders. And, uh, he also said, and now that Chris Jones is gone, uh, it, was, it was tough to see the big five of Dressler, Chick, Durant, Getzlaff, and Bag get treated the way they did, being shipped out of town or wasted away on the bench. Wondering if he thinks the Riders will do anything to say thank you to them and says that all five are plaza of honor worthy. I would totally agree yeah. on that account. Uh, Chris, gets, Chris Getzlaff retired uh, yeah. and yeah. the Riders did it up really nicely for him. I wouldn't be surprised to see Darian Durant eventually sign a one-day contract with the Rough Riders and retire a Rough Rider. I could see that happening with Weston Dressler. I could see that happen with John Chick. And I'm sure when Rob Bagg uh, retires, and I know he still wants to play, they'll do something nice for him too. That's a, It's an elite five. So uh, mm-hmm. Kevin and Dave both want to know about Weston Dressler. So do I, Murray. Oh, geez, Answer I the Weston Dressler question. Well, I guess because we talked about this last week, before I went away, we talked about how important Weston Dresser was to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when he was on the field. They were 5-0 and or something like that, some incredible... They only lost one, one game. game in the regular season when he was on the field. Yeah. They lost the playoff game as well. So he, was, he can still play, but I just don't see the, him being in the Riders' plans. I just, for some reason, I don't know why. I just think they're going to be going youth. Got him get younger. They already got... 
couple of 30-something receivers that are providing the leadership stuff. Like you look at uh, Neiman Roosevelt and, and Manny Arsenal if he comes back. Corey Watson's throw is 35. Yeah. So you, you really, how do you fit? And, and I don't mean this and to you don't disparaging. don't know if going to play. Yeah, and I don't know how you could disparage about what Weston Dressler's done, but don't they have to get younger? And I know you're, everyone's heart's behind Weston Dressler. And I, I've never, I've always said, I've never seen a guy practice harder than Weston Dressler. And it still goes to this day. Every rep, every moment he had, he was on the field, he worked his butt off. And I always admired him from that. But I, I just don't see room for him in the riders right Isn't now. Isn't he better than what they have, though? That's true, too. But don't, don't you have, but you have to find something better and younger. I think this, 30-something movement just isn't quite cutting it. I think but they, if you look at it, though, that's the direction they're going. I know. If you look at their free agent signings, by and large, they're signing older players. So yeah. why would they draw the line in this case when they haven't drawn that line with Naaman Roosevelt, Manny Arsenault, Micah Johnson, Zach Kalaros, yeah. Corey Watson? Just because it, it just doesn't... Am I missing any 30-plus... No, yeah, it just addition? doesn't seem like something they do, but I'm not saying it's never going to happen. I just think I'd be surprised... I think we would have done it by now. It's been a month, and that's what surprises me is that nothing's happened with Western Wrestler since uh, in a full month since the free agency period began. Um, Does have teams reached out to him and expressed an interest? Is he pondering retirement? He doesn't. We don't. We don't really know. No, and it just. And you've tried to contact him several times, and it hasn't gone anywhere. And maybe he's making up his mind, like you know, Weston's, you know. Trying to decide. I just, and I wish it'd be nice to have him back. I think, you know, it would add, they'd add something to it, but I just don't know if he's in their plans. And I can't say the definitive reason why. Then they got to get younger. They've got to start rebuilding and reloading with younger, better receivers. And what? And they've got some. Yeah. You know, Kyron Moore, Kyron Moore and, uh, looked okay last year. Um, Katie Cannon showed yeah. in, in, in a few cameos that and uh, Shaq he, Evans. He could be Shaq, Shaq Evans. Yeah. Uh, had 785 yard receiving yards and no touchdowns, which is the most yards by a receiver in league history without a touchdown in a season. Wow. And J.D., no, Jordan Williams-Lambert, you know, could be back, but maybe not till September, I would think, what's going to happen with him. But So they do have some youth there. It'd be a nice move to appease the fans. I think it would go another one to say that a good signing, but also the fans who are knowledgeable say, you know, you got to go a little younger. So, But again, that's what they haven't really shown a, an no. inclination to do. Uh, so... One thing I think that might be an issue maybe with Western Dressler is that the last few years there have been injuries. And they yeah. haven't been injuries severe enough to warrant his going on the six-game injured list, which means if he misses a game or two here and there, he's not gone for an extended period, but you also can't put him on the sixth game and yeah. hide, the, hide, the, hide the compensation or shield it from the cap. So if you've got somebody who's injury prone, whether it's whether it's Western Dressler or somebody else, and they miss a game here, a game there, a game there, you still yeah. have to, unless you, unless they're, uh, the injury is, is of a severity that forces them to miss a third of a season or thereabouts, you can't six game them. No. And that becomes a bit of a problem, it, it, and especially for a player who's getting older. I hate to say injury prone with Western Dressler too, but he has had, Pretty traumatic injuries in his career, and of course, forced him to miss time. But yeah, not with Saskatchewan. Not, other than the well, other the old, than the old, 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 old nine, nine season, yeah. when he got when he hurt himself against Toronto late in the year, and that's that's one issue that's never really been talked about much, but probably deserves more attention. Is how the Riders have done in the 2009 Grey Cup of Western Dressler played in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that uh, that. And it was only a one point game. What you kind of difference? Can, what kind of difference would Western and I, Dressler have made? I think he can count. Maybe, eh? So maybe. Sorry, uh, too soon. So uh, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> 
that one will always be a raw nerve. And if, if you ask him about the 10th anniversary is approaching of that. I know, you talk about favorite rider memories. I hate to say it, that's one of mine. You know, I just the 09 Grey Cup. It really. I know the winning is a big one, but that one just as a reporter and as a journalist and everything, you, you follow the thread of the team, and they win and they win the Grey Cup. And then they lose a great cup. And I keep, I still. There's go, never been an angle quite like it. I know. We're all going like, how does this happen? And I know it's maybe not a favorite memory, but it's one of the most it's an vivid enduring memory. memory. It's one I'll never, ever forget. And I'll you know whenever I do retire, it'll be someone say, you know, vivid memories. It's that night in that press box. And we're all going, it's through. Yes, riders win the great cup and only my second year on the beat. And then they lose it. And that, for that 35 seconds or whatever, how long it was. Well, you know, it wasn't even that. It was, no. it was as long as it took a lot of the players to go from. The sidelines to about halfway toward the yeah. hash marks, and then come to a screeching halt when you see that the field is littered, littered with, with flags. flags. Yeah. And uh, you know what still bugs me about that game? <laughs> I, I go on my tangents on this thing, so I'm going to do this one more time. They called a timeout right before the Louis Sakota 59 yard punt, mm-hmm. uh, and it was the Riders' final possession. And uh, first down. They tried the predictable run to West Cates. It went nowhere. Second down, they threw a short pass to Rob Bagg, who was hit by Chip Cox and suffered a broken collarbone. So then on third down, before they punted, they called a timeout. Okay. And then Louis Sakota lets loose with a 59-yard punt that's fumbled, almost recovered by the Rough Riders. Yeah. Montreal marches down the field, gets a field goal. The whole thing happens. But if the what was the point of calling the timeout before the point. punt? I that and if now. they hadn't called the timeout there, they would have had it at their disposal in a situation where you would customarily ice the kicker. Yeah. And if you're icing the kicker, you've also got time to go one, two, three, four, five. That's where they blew it as much yeah. as anything. Calling that timeout when you there's no is that, reason is that on a Ken Miller earth. That's is that a, a Ken, Ken Miller mistake? That's a coaching error, and Ken yeah. Miller was the head coach. Yeah. And uh, that that is the that is the one. Again, that is, it hasn't been talked about a lot, but that timeout, there was no real reason to call him no. there, and it that's what created allowed the chaos to reign on uh, what turned out to be the penultimate play of the game. Remember AC, Anthony Cavillo kept reminding me the, our, how much of a deficit the Alouettes came back from, too. He said, we don't get credit yeah, for coming 16 back. Point. 16 point deficit, basically in the fourth quarter. And the, the, the two, I think yeah. it was two, two third down conversions in the last drive, maybe three. Yeah. And remember the quick slant to Jamel Richardson? Yeah. yeah. Lance Frazier could not have covered that play any better. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was from you to the microphone. Yeah. And AC put the ball low and away from their defender where yeah. only Jamel Richardson can get it. An absolutely perfect throw. A uh, few inches to the left, few inches to the right, and the riders stopped him on third down and win the Grey Cup. Yeah. But that throw to Jamel Richardson. That was a funny Oh, my goodness. And yeah. you, Lance Frazier had him basically shrink-wrapped. Yeah. But a big receiver, and you put the ball where, where he can get it. and Kind of similar to what James Wilder did to Sam McGuavin back in that yeah. East final. Now, McGuavin had him covered. It was a wheel route, and then when it's talking about that Toronto game, if Toronto beat him to go to the Great Cup. But Sam McGuavin he had, had a, him he covered. He had a step, but it had to be a perfect throw. Yeah, it was a know? perfect throw. It was exactly what they needed to do. And then Cody Fajaro, who is the Riders' backup quarterback, scored the is game. Is he? <laughs> They've got to be. Oh, real, I knew that real, would get you wound up because I don't think I. I think they're really going to do this. I well, they think they would have signed someone. I, I think Kevin Glenn it is, doesn't sound all excited. I don't know who's going on with him either. But who else is there? Do you bring in a guy like Kevin Glenn or I would? Yeah, I mean, 
Zach Claros, you've got the concern a year ago was about his susceptibility to injury. Yeah. Uh, concussions was a concern, and that nothing that happened last year dis- allowed you know enabled that concern to disappear. In fact, it's only a greater concern now. And they they don't have a they don't have a proven safety net behind him. I know that's you know Cody. Didn't Major- we start the off season with this conversation? Yeah, it's been. <laughs> Didn't we talk about that all this all season? Rewind to Ryder Rumblings number thirty. What thirty four? Like Rider Rumblings number George, George, Rumblings number George and Reed, it, and we we're probably it's talking one of those things. People, I see people when I was talking about it, all the good things they kind of done this off season. They still didn't address the quarterback position, and it's probably going to be Chris Jones's legacy that the quarterback position may be the one that keeps holding these guys back. Yeah, he did not leave the cupboard yeah. uh, full of the options same t- there. I know, at the same time, he got the best quarterback he could at the time last year, and we've been through this many, many times. But the guys didn't want to come here and play for $780,000, which is kind of what Bo Levi was thrown at, some of that area, over seven. So if the guy don't want to come here, you can't make him come. So I don't know what they do to get a better quarterback. And building the team, finding a quarterback and developing one, it's, not, it's almost like a, like a crapshoot now if they get that. The thing is, if there's a year to do it, this is the one, though. You've yeah. got a new GM. You've got a new coach. You've got a new order. And I think you have a bit of a honeymoon. If yeah. you were to invest time and resources and patience in developing a quarterback, providing you have the quarterback who's worth developing, yes. I think people would buy it. And if, if you have to endure some lumps along the way, so be it. But what's happened with bringing back Zach Kalaros is I think it's kind of eliminated part of the honeymoon period. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing the thing is though, the case for Zach Kalaros is, you look at the game again in Calgary last year when he played yeah. tremendously. He never got the chance to go to Calgary again, and he didn't get a chance to go to Calgary again because he was hurt for the game against yeah. BC and Brandon Bridge was awful. If they win the game against BC, uh, par- pardon me, against Winnipeg, and they. they if they have Zach Kalaros, they probably win that Winnipeg game. Yeah, a wide open Naaman Roosevelt is is not going to get missed by Zach Kalaros. So he didn't didn't get that second chance to go back to Calgary, mm-hmm. and that's where he played. I think his best game as a Rough Rider. So the positive, and a lot of a lot of the the times been accentuating the negatives with Zach Kalaros, but the, that's well, on me mean, largely. But that's what we do. Um, if you look at that Calgary game. If he can replicate that. Man, that's asking a lot of him to do And then stay healthy. But and he's I, shown he can do it. There's all that but and the buts and and stay healthy and then he do things. And as I mentioned in his press if he looked happier, maybe the maybe there's less pressure on him. And there's always pressure on quarterbacks. I, never, I don't mean that in the pressure in the sense of it's weighing him down, but there's less expectation. No, there's expectations on him too, because he's got a they've got a pretty good defensive team and special teams that can get somewhere if the offense can go somewhere with the quarterback. It's it's, a, it's been so quiet lately, though. And I, and I know it's just because it's quiet doesn't mean they're not doing anything. There's pro days yeah. all over the states right now. There's pro days in the state in Canada. The scouts are all over the trying to find these guys, trying to find their next player. So it's kind of a it's a busy season, but it's quiet. But maybe we can talk about the CBA talks started yesterday. I know you were probably sure. dancing on the ceiling to hear that, that they actually started to Go talk. Jets. Go Jets. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, are you optimistic about these first two days of talks? Well, one day, you know what? It's a weak union. It's historically yeah. a weak union. It's structurally a weak union systemically. So ultimately, the CFL will get most of what it wants. And I mean, there may be some olive branches thrown in the direction of the CFLPA, but it's not a strong enough union. And Randy to, and Brozick, to, uh, to withstand a protracted. 
to even to even initiate, let alone withstand a, a protracted. Yeah. But Randy Ambrosi and the Gorda governors had a brilliant negotiating move when they said no signing, no off-season bonuses. Like, what a way to make these guys who are, all of them are struggling, except the quarterbacks. But even they need their money in the off-season. What a great strategic move. Like, and I know, and I'm not saying it in a great sense. Somewhat but, inflammatory, though. Yeah, it is. And it but says, yeah, this is what it's going to be. We're not going to give you our money to have you guys go lock out, to walk, walk out of training camp or get locked out. So but it creates the urgency. Yeah, so they had to do that. That's the only thing the owners could do. And I know... Great makes sound like I, it's an ad, it's a good negotiation move, and that's what this is labor. This is not just football. This is labor, and I, I think Randy Ambrosi knew what he was doing. Jeff, or, I think it was Jeffy Orge maybe started the wheel rolling on that. No, I, I think I, that was Ambrosi's baby. Yeah. The thing is that the players found this 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 the current CBA so horrible, they could have decided not to sign without signing bonuses. But so yep. many of them have gone ahead and done so, yep. and that to me demonstrates that there's just not going to be a lot of staying well, power with any with any sort of militancy. They can't, I, I don't know how, and you know, we talk. What what is, what is their power? They can't play, and they don't get paid. They don't get paid for training camp anyway. Yeah. So the fact they miss training camp is not going to be a real hardship for them. No, and that's where they blew it last time. Yeah. They, they, they look at the exhibition season. The teams get the re- revenue yeah. from exhibition gates. Players don't are paid nominally. So at least make the teams feel the heat by costing them an exhibition gate. Yeah. But they never even allowed it to get to to that point. There was nothing even hinting at. At uh, brinksmanship. But, uh, you know, when you're listening to and reading this stuff about the CBA and stuff, it doesn't sound like things you're walking out of camp over. No. Like, you know, better better benefits. Yeah, okay. But are you going to not go to work because you don't have better benefits? Are you going to be a guaranteed money? Is it that important? It's not part of football. I don't know how you change the not guaranteed money rule. But I mean, it, negotiate it's, it, it's I already guess. there. It's The guaranteed money is the signing bonus. Yeah, so. If you've got a good agent or you've got a good uh, uh, career, and a good yeah. reputation, you'll you'll get that upfront money. Look at look at all the money that Zach Kalaros Zach Kalaros is guaranteed one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars as soon as they well, reach a CBA. So there are guaranteed contracts in the in the sense that well, there's, there's, there's a money. signing bonus. Yeah, you know you you look at uh, Kirk Cousins <laughs> and his contract is guaranteed forever, forever. But I mean that's that's an exception in football. You're but the key is going to be. Get your signing bonus. Get your upfront money. That's mm-hmm. you're not going to get guaranteed contracts in the CFL. They, they, you'd have to go to the absolute. And I don't even wall know how they can raise the salary cap that much. Like they know there's TV money there, and they, they talk about seventy thousand dollars a year, but that's a big bump. And that's asking where's that money going to come from? It's going to come from the veterans, and so the veterans, the veterans, gonna, the veterans aren't going to. They're not going to sell say, out themselves for the no, sake and of it's, young, it's, young a, it's, it's a mass. It's a problem with all sports. The veterans aren't going to sell it to this unproven rookie. To come in and make more money, we give away my money, which makes sense. In the but I think they're, it's it's getting it's getting so polarized now. We're on the same team. You can have somebody making over seven hundred thousand dollars and somebody making barely over fifty, barely more than fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. That's and for a first ridiculous. year kid, Canadian kid out of college, a fifty thousand dollars salary isn't bad. If you talk to people in accounting and all these other regular world jobs, they would take a fifty thousand dollar year salary in a minute. But in football, which only for basically is a minute because your season's over so quickly and your career's over so quickly. So it's it's not, but it's not very fair for football. I think they deserve to be more. You have to be able, these guys have to make a living to be able to do their jobs full time, I think is what the problem with it is right now. They can't, they have to pay for their own, most of their own training stuff. They got to do buy supplements. They've got to buy protein. As you and I are finding out. Yeah, that protein bag of, ain't cheap. <laughs> protein. We're learning about that stuff and it's. 
it's protein it powder is like a hundred dollars a bag. And, and, they, and those guys, and we and I, I should get a job selling protein powder. We're taking two two scoops a day, and, and we're just trying to lose weight. Those are the only scoops we're getting, Murray. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry. true. Yeah, but you know that's it. Costs money to play football, and these guys are putting in all their time and all their efforts in the off season. I know. If you sign with the Riders, you have one of the best facilities and you have all the options and everything available to you. But if you're not signed, where's Weston Dresser going? Level 10, I guess. I'm assuming he's working out there. Yeah. And he's such a good guy. I don't know what they do. But it costs money to play football. And if you're making $55,000 a year. And it also and, costs you. And you haven't had a check since November last playoff game. It also costs you time in your 20s and even into your 30s when you can be establishing a career outside of football. Yep. So when a lot of the people you went to college with are 8, 9, 10, 12 years into their careers, you're in your 30s or late yep. 20s and trying to make, trying to play a bit of catch up. Catch up. Yep. If you're a good player and, and you've got a good name, that'll stand you in good stead. But if you're number 44 on the roster, I'm yeah. not talking about Roger Aldag. I'm talking no. 44 overall in terms of yeah. depth chart. Special teams players. Um, you're not going to be able to parlay that into much. And, and to what extent are you preempting preempting the well, rest of your like life? A guy like Patrick Lavoie, Lavoie, like he's played along, but he's going to, he's pretty smart, pretty intelligent guy, and he's going to go on to something in his career. But he's starting nine years behind everybody else. Yep. And to be, just have the joy of playing football, I don't think he makes big money either. It's just going to be, as you said, I think you touched a little bit about it. I wonder what these seven, the players say these $700,000 salaries aren't going to make any difference in the locker rooms. But they got to make a difference in the locker room. Like if you're, you and I, I'm looking over, and you're making twice as, no, twice, <laughs> 10 times as much as I am. I am. I know, but you're better than I am, so. <laughs> well, yeah. The thing uh, is, though, it doesn't, doesn't bother me. Whether but. it's whether whether you're a $55,000 a year player looking at somebody making $500,000, $600,000, $700,000, is it any different? If I'm looking at somebody in the same locker room making 10 times as much of me, as, as much as I do, what's the difference if he's making twelve? Yeah. It's still a, you're still looking at an exponent when you're comparing the salaries. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think just it's it's created a can he help sit- me win? It's but you, know, you and I if that quarterback can get me a yeah. great cup bonus. Yeah, that's fine. Definitely. Ride those coattails. Bonus is the bit, but we've never seen this like, this sort of explosion in all teams with quarterback salaries. There's usually one or two. Eh? No. Yeah. And what's going to be interesting now is we the the salary cap has never really been tested like this as far as the sustainability of a yeah. of compensation. To that extent, the, the ceiling was five hundred to six hundred thousand dollars. Teams have shown they can win a great win a great cup while playing paying a quarterback that much, mm-hmm. or be very you know, or put a good team on the field at the very least while paying a quarterback that much. But to what extent does a seven hundred thousand dollars salary uh, affect the rest of your team in terms of its its construction yeah. and its performance? That has, that extra hundred thousand dollars hasn't been tested, and that's. That'll be interesting to see. To what Calgary has never had to push it that much with Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah. Now, how does that affect the rest of you their think, roster? You know, you, you've talked about in your columns. Did Zach deserve the money he got for last year? Would you have? Was that? Or is that just the way the going rate of quarterbacks now? Is I think defined that was, what he had. I to think get? that was fair. He, t- he took what will likely be a, in terms of guaranteed a money, he took a took, a, took about a hundred thousand dollars less. Has mm-hmm. the opportunity to make. More. Almost what he did last yeah. year if he cashes in on the, all the bonuses. I think when you look at the, the market value, it was fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they had to be cognizant of what they have to have. They have to get a quarterback at that juncture. Yeah, no, they couldn't And wait. Uh, if you don't get Zach Caleros, the, the, the pickings are pretty slim. For whatever reason, they weren't interested in Jonathan Jennings, but uh, Zach Caleros had a better year than Jonathan Jennings yeah, did last year. Yeah. 
as, as much as as much as it's easy to pick holes in Zach Kalaros's game, uh, and and he and if you look at uh, Jonathan Jennings, he had Brian Burnham to throw to. I think they had a better arsenal in in yeah. in in BC than they did in Saskatchewan. So I think it was a it was a fair deal. Some people have have said, well, I think he's making too much. Why didn't they just sign him for like? Uh, 150. Or he wouldn't have come. He wouldn't have come. No. He's so, yeah, um, he's a starting he, quarterback. That's the thing is, he is the starting quarterback. And the starting quarterbacks get paid, maybe I guess we could say 400,000 a year now. Is that pretty well the going rate? Yeah, if, if he performs well. Yeah. You know, uh, he's got to perform well, yeah. They'll they'll be able to accommodate that within the cap and it gives them some flexibility. And they haven't spent any money on a backup quarterback in terms of a significant salary. No. So, if you look at what they're paying the quarterbacking position now, it's low i'm sure if you look at ottawa and, and jonathan jennings salary and what what they paid to re-sign dominique davis ottawa's playing paying a lot more money for yeah. quarterbacks than the rough riders are it's interesting maybe can we lament the loss of cfl week which probably wouldn't have been around this that time. was a fun week you know that was first week yeah and it's because of the bargaining and you couldn't really ask the players to come and sell the league when you're saying no we don't want you we don't want you guys to take money so that was a good and it kind of what happened about this time of year, you know, maybe another week or two, but it was a fun time, a good, lots of exposure for the league. We all, post media went big time on it. We all were over there covering, which we all went to the uh, CFL meeting. So I'm going to miss that. And I'm going to lament the loss of the uh, f- the trial camps in Florida. I felt I did my best work down there. I really think, in a lot of things, I'm looking at you, Randy Ambrosi. You've taken away what was really a great opportunity for me to cover the league. thing is, though, why didn't they... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no no personal agenda no, at all. No, not at all, no. Why didn't they just get on this earlier, get it done, and then you've got a CFL week, and you've got yeah. ways to... Pre- you, you talk so much about markets in this league that, that need some, not you specifically, but in general, there's markets in this league that need yeah. bolstering, and they're impeded in terms of promoting their product during the offseason because <coughs> the players have been st- instructed not to go out of their way to help yeah. sell the team. So while... Get the deal done. Everybody's happy, and then you can have a CFL week. You can, it's a it's a great marketing opportunity for the league. Yeah. You can get your players out there as opposed to this blackout that's in effect right now. How is that helping? You, season tickets aren't sold during football season; they're sold now. Yeah. So get get the deal done. They've known they've known about this deadline for five years. Yeah. Why are they only starting to talk now? It's absolutely ludicrous. <coughs> I don't know. Excuse me, but sorry about that. Yeah, no, it is once, crazy. Once the Winnipeg Jets uh, uh, protein crystal, powder, crystal light, oh, crystal light, uh, pink lemonade. So, no, thank you. But ten I love, calories that's, that's preserving. That's my best. I know it's my favorite kind. Isn't crystal light good? Pink mm. lemonade? Are you a pink well, lemonade pink guy? Lem- too? You can go my cup. Pink lemonade and lime. That's all I have in my Boy. cupboard. Marinjai's Marion nuts. So. I just discovered this. My trainer Michelle Burns. I told her water was yeah, as much as water is a very popular item. I was getting sick of just plain water, and she said, "Get some crystal light." Yeah. Can we get Crystalite as a sponsor? That'd 10 calories per serving. I can delicious. show you in my pantry, there's a spot about this long, and it's all Crystal Lights. From and protein powder. Pro- protein powder. Don't we have exciting lives? Exactly, yeah. And to have chicken tonight for dinner, and I took my wedding ring off to get my to get ready for surgery. So, Why do you need to not have a wedding ring? Do you, if, let's say is the ring attached to your hip, let's one say, of your three well, hips? The, I'm finding the hips are connected to a lot of different spots, but I understand if, it, if they, something happens and they have to zap me, it could be... Could <laughs> I have I to. Know. Why would they have to zap you? Well, and with what? Uh, something I, in your hearts or something? I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I, the, the nurse is that I touch saw, and go. Well, no, no, it's not my surgery. But I could. Are you have, okay? I'm fine. I'm going to make it through <laughs> better than now. But that's why and the nurse kind of suggested I didn't have to do it, but she said it's better to have it because I know another surgery I'm facing. I had to remove it. 
So goodbye. I'm still married to Mary, and she's still the love of my life. And I can't remember and the last time. She and, and the crystal light. <laughs> the crystal light, yes. As I said, we're kind of straying off the topic, but I can't remember the last time I have my wedding ring on. So it's been a bit of a an adjustment to that. Rob, what are the riders going to do the next couple of weeks? Are we going to see anything? We're just going to be the great. There's a higher talking announcement coming up, and then there's yeah, there's an announcement Friday uh, in Regina. Some yeah. more details regarding the Heritage Classic to be played October 26th at Mosaic Stadium. So I'll be interested to see if uh, in the weeks ahead if there's any more talk about the NHL, NHL, NFL exhibition game yeah, that's that could be held in mid well, just I'm past so- mid August at Mosaic Stadium, Raiders and Green Bay. Yeah, August 17th, 18th, sort of thing. But there's also that big concert coming, too. So I wonder if that affects things. And the rumblings are it's Garth Brooks. I don't know if you've heard those, too. I think John Gormley's p- putting that out there. Am I going to see Jar- – I saw Garth Brooks in Saskatoon, and he was awesome. I don't know if I'm going to shell out bucks to go see Garth Brooks. You know who you got to go see? Who is that? Benny Green. He's playing at the Regina Jazz Festival in June. Benny Green's one of the great jazz piano pianists in the world. He's coming to Regina. Benny Green is 49,000 times the musician Garth Brooks is. All right. You know my opinion of jazz, though. Jazz is wonderful. It's the best musical genre. Benny Green, you have to go to Benny Green okay. in June. Benny Hill? I'll even buy you I'll yeah. even buy you a ticket to expose you to the great music that is well, the, the, the incomparable Benny because Green. Because we're going off totally on tangents and not related to football. <laughs> I went to see the Leonard Skinner concert and Randy Bachman just blew me away. He was an, 75 years old and wow. he rocked out for an hour. And you, you forget his library of songs and how he can rock. And you just went. And then, oh, like, he's tremendous. And you then look Skinner, at came, you look at BTO. Skinner came on, and it was very, very much a formula. You know, it sounded like their live album. They were fun. I've, I've always wanted to see them. And I, you know, Ron Van Zandt, those guys, it's Leonard Skinner's a bucket list. Le- band. Leonard, who? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Badger. <laughs> it sounds like a heck of a concert. It was a very, I was, it was an older crowd, and they were into it. It was a great place. It was one of the best ones. And, and Randy Bachman set the tone. And if he ever plays the show by himself, I'm going to go see him. Randy Bachman trivia. You know, the, the old quality, with the quality hotel across from, across <laughs> from the Doubletree. Yeah. When uh, the guests who were in their formative years, uh, Burton Cummings, Randy Bachman, perhaps other members of the group, when they came to Regina, they would stay at the old, I think it was called the Westward then. Yeah. And they wrote some songs. Yeah. Uh, I think it was these eyes that was written. She came undone. He said he wrote was undone, it undone written, which yeah. is basically a jazz song. Yeah. But und, uh, yeah, it was written at the Westward Hotel, which is now the Quality Inn. Yeah, he said he wrote that song there too. So he had very little chatter, but boy, he sure played so. And so did Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner was there trem- when they do back to back "Sweet Home Alabama" and "Freebird." That's my daughter won't let me dance to "Freebird" at her wedding, but. Maybe one day. Well, you got three hips. There should be lots of gy- <laughs> lots of gyrating with the, the yeah. tune with three hips. Yes. Anyway, anyway, my, my, uh, finally, I, I, as I said, my hip has finally come in. So before we away. we could we could discuss uh, the uh, Lavalin scandal. We could I discuss the uh, um, CNIB scandal. But we've gone on enough enough on enough yeah. tangents already. Um, Murray will be back at some point in April, perhaps with a fourth hip. Fourth hip. I think I'm going to just try to keep an odd number of hip surgeries. <laughs> uh, I hope, uh, I wish you all the best in, in recovery. And I hope, I, I'm wishing I the, hope best. the podcast recovers as well. I'm wishing my surgeon the very best. He's the one who needs all the luck. I'm just going to be sleeping. You should have gone to see Brian Adams, Cuts Like a Knife. Oh, that'd be good. Isn't that clever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, do you want to read the, want to send us off? Sure, I'll flourish? send you off on this because I won't be answering any questions. Look you can send some questions in, Murray. You're going sure to have, have all this time, all this idle time. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. It helps us grow the podcast. If you'd like to send us a question, you can email Rob at rvanstone 
at postmedia.com and we might read your question on the show. If you want to know how to spell that, it's R-V-A-N-S-T-O-N-E at postmedia.com. And we would look forward to many, many questions. I have a feeling once the season gets going again, we're going to get more questions. We'll get more questions. And if you have any, any uh, again, if you'd like to send along some favorite writer memories or recollections of a favorite player, and that can be a current player, so I guess there wouldn't be recollections, uh, feel free. Our Vanstone at uh, Post Media got... Bleh. Our Vans, I always bungle this. I know. Hey, how Our, about a sh- It's my own address and I can't get it right. How about a shout out to Ben Hebert and Colton Our Vans going to postmedia.com. Yes. Uh, shout both out of them look like football players. Man, I, you know, it's funny, Ben, when Ben, ben Hebert, was a football player, when he was the named the, uh, the, the top lead by TSN. And I kept thinking, he changed the game. Like he, he went from these leads were always a little bulkier, but he went from to weightlifting to linebacker's shoulders to leaning on the broom to the tick shots. He was very deserving of that honor. And, uh, Good for him and Colton Flash. Saskatchewan curlers are winning briars. They just aren't winning over Saskatchewan. So that was a good move for Colton Flash, a good young guy. That's uh, so pretty cool to see them. But at least the guess who wrote some songs in Saskatchewan. That's true, too. Anyway. They took care of business. For the multi, multi-hipped multi Murray McCormick, <laughs> I'm, I'm Rob Vanstone, and uh, we look forward to... Uh, I look forward to, to having you join <laughs> me and uh, Trent Fraser uh, for the foreseeable future and the future until Murray returns... Yes. In, in his immaculate form. Uh, thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.